0: Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. One of our prayers and one of our ambitions and desires for every weekend is that you leave here saying, I met with God. And uh, I believe that's already happened, so our goal is already accomplished, and hopefully as I speak, you will again meet with God through His Word and through the understanding of His Word and receive it into your hearts. Uh, I'm so glad for Pastor Dwayne. He's a blessing to our church and did a great job last weekend. He's a uh, part comedian, part preacher, part weirdo, and... Uh, always has funny things to say and always gooping around and stuff. It's great. And we are truly blessed to have him as one of our teaching pastors. So I just wanted to mention, I thought he did a great job last weekend, and uh, I'm blessed to have him as a friend and a comrade in ministry. Next week, uh, be here. We will pray, spend some time praying for our nation, praying for the coming Tuesday following next uh, Sunday. And so we will be praying for the needs of our community and the needs of our nation as a... Our elections take place and as things continue to happen uh, that are in our crazy world, right? We live in kind of a a crazy place and and it's just exciting to see what God has in store for us. And I think that's fantastic. And so um, be here next week for that. We're in a series called Just Saying. Just Saying. Just Saying. And we talked about what that really means. It's like I want to tell you something, but I don't want you to be offended by it. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying that that shirt doesn't work for you, you know. I'm just saying, you know, uh, that, that, you know, you, you, uh, you, you shouldn't be uh, singing, uh, you, know, s- you know, stuff like that. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, keep your day job, keep your day job, that sort of thing. And, and that's what just saying is all about. It's all about uh, just understanding that as we walk through the book of James, there are sayings that are going to get in our grill, in our face, and right up in front on our, a step on our toes, and we are going to feel a little bit like, oh, okay, you know? And fortunately, it's the Bible, and uh, we can just say the Bible's just saying, the Bible's just saying, and let the Holy Spirit work in our hearts, and, uh, and so that's what this whole series is all about, and the theme of the book is living right is the only way to health in an unstable and confused world. Living right is the only way to health in an unstable and confused world. And James is talking to a group of people that have been dispersed, that have spread out all over the world at that current, in, in that current day. And they were Christians, Jewish Christians, who had spread out from Israel, or from Jerusalem, and they've spread out. So now they're living in different countries, in different settings, and many of them are facing persecution because of their faith. And so James is helping them understand how to live right in a very confused and frustrated world and in today's world that is true we are, are living in much of a, a similar world maybe not facing the same kind of persecution but let me tell you if you are a vocal christian you are going to experience persecution in our world today no matter where you go And america and america is included in that And so we're going to walk through this book. And uh, I'm not able to tell you everything about what James is saying. So what I'm going to do each week is give you maybe a couple nuggets that we won't cover in depth. But there are messages that we want to not miss in the scripture. So I'm going to give you a couple nuggets and then I'm going to give you a big boulder okay? in the the message. So here's a couple nuggets. In James uh, 1.27, James is talking to... um, The, the, the scattered Christians, and he's saying this one thing. He's saying religion that our, our that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That is a, a, a nugget that we're not going to address in depth, but I will address it this way in saying this, true religion, true faith, true walks, if you're really walking with God, the, uh, James says "Is looking after orphans and widows or the helpless and remaining pure, not being polluted by the world. And so simply saying there is a true religion, and that is serving the helpless, Help, making, making sure that we're taking care of those that are, are helpless. We'll address that in a little while. In a little while. Um, uh, the second thing that we're not going to address in depth is uh, James 2, 1 through 13, where it talks about showing favoritism. And it says, don't show favoritism. The very nature of Christ is against showing favoritism. So what we need to know in the Christian world is there is no such thing as a status. No one's better than another. No one gets treated differently than another. No one gets uh, handled differently. We just simply love everyone. And so that puts us in a place where we say, okay, we're going to love everyone. doesn't mean we let go of standards and, and things that are righteous and, and right, but it does mean that there's no one, regardless of what you come in with, they make comparisons between the rich and the poor, and often the rich get the attention. Well, the reason that is, is because of selfishness. The only value to showing someone favoritism is that there's going to be a benefit for me. And so that's, that's why... The Bible is saying, don't do that. Jesus came to serve, not to be served, right? He came to help, not to be helped. And he came to meet needs, not just get his needs, own needs met. And so that's the power of the gospel. And James is reminding us that true religion is taking care of the hopeless and remaining unpolluted by the world. And then not showing favoritism is against the very nature of Christ because he considers all people equally. And we all stand on the same ground under the cross. Amen? Amen. And so that's a really powerful thought. Today, we're going to address the whole idea of faith and deeds. Faith and deeds. And if you've been around the church for long enough, you've probably heard something about this. If you're kicking the tires of faith, or if you're just now getting, if you're new to the faith, this might be an interesting concept for you. But the whole idea is that we have a faith But do we have the deeds that evidence the faith? Do we have works in our lives that show that we have a genuine faith? And so um, let me ask you this question When was the last time you did something that required faith? That required faith. Not when was the last time you did something that you knew what the result would be? That's not faith. That's just doing something that you know what the outcome's going to be, okay? When was the last time you did something you were fully aware couldn't end well unless God was in it, right? When you did something that you're like, okay, God, you need to show up for this or it's not going to go well. And you know God's leading you to do it, and you do it in faith, believing that God is going to do his thing, let me ask you this question. Would you be convicted of being a Christian just by your deeds? Could you go, would somebody take you to court and accuse you of being a Christian? Would there be enough evidence to convict you? That's a fascinating question. That's challenging. It's gotten awful quiet in here. There were not a lot of amens on that last question. What keeps us from walking in faith? What keeps us from doing things that require faith? What, what keeps us from acting like Jesus wants us to act in faith in Him? See, this is not our deeds. It's not our doing. It's just our deeds doing in, on behalf of God. That's what faith is. It's doing things that are on behalf of God that show God to be real. So what keeps us fear of being wrong? The time it takes, the effort it takes to act in faith, you've got to plan for it, got to think it, you've got to act, got to got to put some energy out. The lack of connection with Jesus—I don't even know what to do. I'm not hearing God; He's not speaking to me. Or are we just waiting for heaven? Are we just, we've got what we needed. We needed salvation. We know we needed forgiveness of our sins. We want to go to heaven when we die. And so we've just gotten the insurance and now we're just going to sit and wait. It's like buying insurance for your car, but not going and driving your car. And so we're just happy just knowing that we're on our way to heaven. Let's sit and protect ourselves from any damage until we die and then we can go to heaven and then woohoo, it's party time. Taquitos forever, right? Well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way faith works. And that's not the way a relationship with Jesus should look. And so we're going to talk about three different kinds of faith. And I'll tell you them right now, and then we'll explain them later. But there's a dead faith, there's a demonic faith, and then there's a dynamic faith. And James chapter Dead faith. Now let's make one thing super clear, because there's a, a confusing statement in here. Can such faith save them? Can such faith save them? In other words, do our deeds save us? No. Okay? Deeds are not the means to salvation, they are the evidence of it. So what this is really saying is this: is this: if there are no deeds, are you really saved? Because out of a truly saved person, out of a truly redeemed, transformed, bought by the blood, filled with the Holy Ghost, moving in God's direction, there's going to be something that shows up, fruit. And if there's no fruit on that tree, is that tree really an apple tree? You keep telling me it's an apple tree, but I don't see any apples on it. You keep telling me, you know, you've got something inside, but nothing's coming out. What's going on? Are you really? And that's what this this statement is making. And so deeds are not the means to salvation, but they are the evidence of what has happened inside. And it's so important that we understand that so that we don't think that when we're doing things, we're saving ourselves. That's not the work. That work's been done on the cross. That work's been completed. That work is is a blessing. That work is the, the biggest hope we have. And so salvation is just the beginning of this faith life, this, this experience that we have. People with dead faith do this. They talk about it. They do a lot of talking. And the, que- the, the big question is, are, are we talkers, but not walkers? Are we people that declare, but don't do? Are we people that have a whole lot of Energy about, oh, God is great. God is good. God will do everything. He's amazing. And we don't do anything with that information, with that concept, with that change that's already happened in our lives, but we're not letting it happen in anybody else's life. Is that what's going on? If you talk a lot, you may have dead faith. I'm not saying everybody that talks a lot has dead faith. Okay, there are some talkers in the room. Okay? You like to talk, you like to communicate, you like to say a lot, you, like to, you, you, you verbally process. I, I appreciate all that, but if we are talking about our faith and we say God is this most amazing God, but nothing is coming out of us that shows that he is, then we're talkers. We have Christianese. Christianese is that language that if you've been around Christi- Christianity long enough, you've developed some Christian language. Well, I've been bought by the blood right? Everybody else is going, whoa, wait a minute, what are you doing? You've been bought by the blood. You know, I've been, I've been uh, blessed by the best. I've talked about those kinds of words before, and we, we, we kind of create cliches about our God, but are we living blessed by the best? Are we living bought by the blood? Are we doing something that has impacted our lives so much so that we can't help but do something for people and with people to, to show and to, to, to reveal the change that's happened in us. I like what one author said. He said, workless faith is worthless faith. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Workless faith is worthless faith. That's what the Bible is telling us. That's what's coming across right now. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if we think about it. It doesn't matter if we talk about it. What matters is if we do something. I'm loving these, these, these uh, Facebook reels and Instagram reels where these guys are going around giving out money and everything. And they're videotaping it. One's called That Was Epic. And uh, he goes around and he gives out big gifts and he gives out cars and he gives out money and all these kinds of crazy things. I love it. I love it. The one thing that I understand about it It's making him millions of dollars. There's a guy out there called Mr. Beast. He's doing millions of dollars of giveaways and different things, but he's making millions of dollars doing it. The goal for us is not to make millions of dollars giving away the likeness and care and compassion of Jesus. The goal is to understand that out of our faith, out of who we've experienced Jesus to be, we are going to do everything we can to introduce others to Jesus through serving them, through meeting their needs, through taking care of the hopeless and helpless, through doing everything we can to to, to express Jesus through the very heart of who he is in our lives to the world around us. And when we do that, Jesus becomes attractive. So the big challenge to the church and the big challenge that James is bringing to the body of Christ in in this day, in his day, was, hey, don't just talk the talk and not walk the walk. Don't just brag about Jesus. Do something about Jesus. Do something that's real. Do something that's powerful. Do something that makes a difference. And, And when we do, and when we do it out of our faith, then... The world sees who Jesus really is. And we have something different than a dead faith. Dead means dead. I looked it up. And if, if you look at a dead body, you, you realize, you know, there, there's nothing happening there. If, if, there's, if, there was a, a, if we were having a, 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 a funeral and there was a casket here and there was someone who passed away, we would not expect them to move, breathe, get up, speak, talk, all those kinds of things, right? Now, if they did that, what would we say? He's alive. He's alive. <laughs> it's a miracle, right? So if there's no deeds, there's no life. And that's the simple truth of this passage. And and we have to take an introspective look. We have to look inside and say, God, am I alive? Is there anything that shows that you live in me? I'm just saying. Verse 18 says something crazy. But someone will say, so James starts talking to this imaginary someone. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You see, we can have, either have a dead faith or we can have a demonic faith. And I'm not saying that demons live inside of you or anything like that, because I don't believe that. But what I do believe is that we can believe like the demons, who understand who God is who understand that God is almighty, that God is all-powerful, that God is able to bring salvation to, to the lives of people, that God is able, he, they understand it all, but they're the enemy. Because none of their deeds are consistent with faith in Christ. None of their de- deeds are, are consistent. In fact, they're, they're, they're just the opposite. They, they may, in fact, they may be imitators of cr- Christians, but completely devalue faith. They believe they have an intellect that has ascended to understand that God exists. But that's it. And that faith doesn't save you. That faith won't get you anywhere. That faith is is not real. In fact, that faith is deceptive, just like the enemy's uh, uh, intent to deceive and to destroy, to steal, to kill. All those things are the intent of the enemy. And if we understand that, that if we live in a context where we believe but we don't do, we have no different faith than the de- demons. If we believe in God, that he's all-powerful, but we don't do anything in reaction to that, then we aren't living a true faith. I know this is, this is, this is truly a just-saying kind of message, right? Because this can get up in our face and say, What? Where am I? First of all, be sure that you don't let this become a a religious message, a message that says, do or else. Because the cross is still free, the grace is still free, the salvation is still free, it's a gift. We don't have to pay for it. We don't have to earn it. But what should be coming out, what James is saying is, what should be coming out of a fully saved, fully really saved person are deeds that reflect the nature and likeness of Jesus. And when that happens, the church is is energized. The church shows that it's powerful. But if we just talk We're no different than demons. If We just believe, but we don't do. We're no different than the demonic forces of this world that have all the understanding of who God is. In fact, they bow down to his authority. In fact, this says that they shudder. Why? Because they know who's all-powerful. They know who has control. In fact, they obey the words of Jesus as we see throughout the New Testament when he confronts demons. They obey him. They shudder. They fear him. And we may have a fear, but we don't have an active faith. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. It's unfruitful. It's unproductive. It accomplishes nothing. And we must understand that believing and trembling doesn't save us. Faith in God does. But faith moves us to action. And it's the barometer of whether we're really saved or not. If anything's going on are we moving? Is there activity? Is there breath in that body? Are those limbs moving? If a church isn't accomplishing anything, if a church isn't making a difference in the world, if the world isn't going to miss us if we were gone, were we ever alive? Man, pastor, keep preaching. Come on. What we want is a dynamic faith. We don't want a, de- a dead faith. We don't want a demonic faith. We want a dynamic faith. And here it is right here in verse 20. It says, foolish, you foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? In other words, you crazy person, do you really need to see it? Do you really need to understand? Don't you get it? James is being a little sarcastic. He's saying, just saying. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Now, if you're new to the Bible, Abraham was told by God to take his son Isaac, his only son, his son that was supposed to be the the father of many nations. He, He was told to take Isaac and put him on an altar and kill him and sacrifice him to the Lord. And so Abraham did everything all the way up to the knife in the air and then God said stop and then he provided a sacrifice in a bush right behind him and Abraham was recognized as a man having faith in God in fact what is believed is that Abraham had so much faith that he didn't think that killing his son was going to be the end of his son he believed that there was some resurrection power going, that was going to happen there but that was faith faith without deeds Abraham could have said, yeah, I'll, I'll take him to sacrifice him and then just not do it. That's disobedience, first. And second, that's a lack of faith. There's no deeds. There's nothing. That, it would have been an empty faith. It would have been a dead faith. But instead, it was a dynamic faith because he put his actions to work. You see in verse 22, you see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. Faith is incomplete without the word did. If you're not saying, I did it, then you're not acting in faith. If there's no did on the end of the description of what you're doing and how you're living, then there's no no life in it. I did it. I told my friend about Jesus. I did it. I served the needs of the homeless. I did it. I gave when God told me to give. I tithe. Whatever the case may be, I did it. If did it isn't there, did it. If it's not there, that means it's dead. I'm just saying. You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do, not by faith alone. So there has to be a mix of faith and deeds in order for it to be called righteousness. I like what Titus 1 says It says, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupt. And this is what he says. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. Or their lack of actions. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Our actions are the barometer of where we are in our faith relationship. They don't determine our salvation, but they're evidence of it, right? They don't determine that we're saved, but they are evidence that we are saved. Because saved people do good works. Saved people honor God with our bodies, our lives, our resources, our time, our talent, our treasure. All of those things. Dynamic faith is active. It's not, it can't be put in a casket. And if it is, it's going to pop out of it. It's going to pop out of it. And everybody's going to go, (laughs) oh It's kind of fun, huh? Verse 25, in the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she, say it, did. did. When she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Rahab was a Gentile. She was a prostitute. Praise God that he uses broken people. Amen? Amen. Woo, he's going to use us. (laughs) Praise God. I love that. I love that he takes a prostitute and a Gentile in those days, and the the worst of the worst in those days, and he uses them and declares them as righteous. There's a, a prostitute who's redeemed by her faith in God and her actions, showed her faith. What came out of Rahab was not her sinful lifestyle, but her obedience to God. Yeah, that's what's powerful. You guys, we we aren't disqualified. Only by grace can we do what we do. Only by grace in his name can we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Only by grace, that endless grace, that free grace, that grace that was given to us on the cross, the mercy that was expressed to us because we are not receiving what our sin deserves, that's the power that we work in. We don't work in our own power. We work in the power of grace and and, in the name of Jesus and his faith in him. And when we do that, our faith is dynamic, not dead, not demonic, but dynamic. And the world gets to experience Jesus. I love that. We're, we're a living group of people. We're a living church. And if we're not making a difference in our world, then we might as well shut the doors and stop wasting God's money and time. We must be an active church. Amen? I don't believe that means an over-busy church. I don't, mean that, I don't think that means a worn-out church. I think it means an energized church by how God leads us and directs us and moves us to go do great things for Him. In Ephesians 2, Verse 10, it says this, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are designed, we are are shaped, we're molded to do things for God in his name, by his power and in faith in him. And when we do those things, activity shows up and life shows up and gives life to those around us. So the big evaluation is today, what Is our our faith active? Are we being led by the Holy Spirit? Are we doing things that reveal Jesus to others? I've been in many different circumstances over the past 10, 15 years that have uh, moved me to believe and, and to act more boldly than ever before. When God said to leave the position I was in up in Seattle and move down to Washington, it was a complete act of faith. So I didn't have a job, I didn't have a plan for a job, I didn't have anything, but I knew God was saying, come here. And the only reason I knew that I could do that was because of times before where I saw him move and do great things in my life and plan things out and realize that he's far more involved in my life than I'll ever realize or give him credit for. And so we moved, and God moved, and, and, and provided opportunities, and provided work, and provided uh, ministry opportunities, and all those things, and eventually here. And there's a whole set of series of faith steps that got here, and it's just crazy. Personally, faith, walking in my relationship with my wife, walking in relationship with my kids, my kids are serving Jesus today, and there's steps of faith that that took, To to see that happen, there's influence that have happened in our community and and things that God has provided for. And I'm just giving you examples, not bragging on anything because nothing has been done in my own strength or power or influence for that matter. But God's given opportunity after opportunity to be in dark spaces to, to shine God's light. And it's awesome. And when we act in faith... That's the kind of things that happens. We don't see God move. The reason we're not seeing God move is because we're not doing things in faith. We're not doing things that we depend on God to come through on. I'll do this if, as long as I know that's going to happen. That's not faith. I'll do this based on knowing that God's told me to go do something. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but only God knows. That's faith. And it reveals Jesus in our hearts and our lives. And my encouragement today is simply this. Is that we ask ourselves, what is our next step in faith? What is the activity that we need to be involved in to reveal God to our community, our friends, our family? What are are you, what are we doing right now that would convict us of being Christian if we were to be held to the standard of evidencing Jesus Christ in our lives. What are we doing today that uh, involves ourselves in the mission of God? Are we volunteering? Are we serving? Are we witnessing? Are we meeting people at their point of need? Are we doing something that is practical and, and making a difference and doing things that God is leading us in, that we need His strength for? I want to encourage you today. Let's make our faith active. Let's not be a dead church. I won't ever try and call ourselves a demonic church, but I think there are churches that have an intellectual belief but no active faith. That would be a demonic faith. Let's have a dynamic faith. Let's be a dynamic church. Let's do great things. There's plenty of, yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of opportunities to serve. There's plenty of opportunities in your own life to witness. There's plenty of opportunities to see the helpless and the hopeless. That's what those bags of food are out there for. There's all kinds of things that we can do to make a difference in our world. And there's no reason we shouldn't be acting in faith and doing in faith and giving in faith and believing because God is the one who is all-powerful, who will do all things and will come through every single time we take a step of faith. I believe that with all my heart. We're going to keep taking steps of faith as a church. We're going to keep taking steps of faith and and seeing God move and seeing our church grow. And it's going to take all of us doing those steps of faith, having an active, dynamic faith. And when that happens, God moves and there's revival and there's a spirit of growth and there's a spirit of joy. There's a spirit of happiness, deliverance, peace, joy. All the fruit of the spirit shows up and it's a great place. To experience God in His fullness. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to do something based on some knowledge that I have. We've done the, only this once before, and I'm going to ask those of you that have the means to do it, there's no shame involved if you don't have the means to do it or don't feel led to do it. But there are some people in our church that have some pretty desperate needs. As a result, I came prepared. I want to give and I'm just going to put this money here. It's my act of faith today to meet the needs of people within our church. And we're going to worship in just a minute. And right after worship, we're not going to close yet. Right after we sing this song, I'm going to come back up and I'm going to pray. But during this song, if you feel led, if you have the capacity, again, if you don't, don't worry about it. If you didn't come prepared, don't worry about it. This is just a... a believe it or not, it's, it's impromptu. And if, if you're able to give to the needs of people in our church, I think we, 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 we fall short many times of knowing the need, but not being able to, or thinking we don't have the means to meet the need when the means within the church is there. And so today, let's, let's let our faith be active, right? Let's let our faith be real and, and say, okay, I, I have a couple bucks, I have a quarter, I have $20, I have $100, whatever it may be. Um, as God leads you, and if you if you don't feel led, don't feel any shame or pressure. Um, we're not to give out of compulsion. We're not to give out of a twisted arm. Um, but there are some people in our church that have needs, and I think it's an opportunity to respond to this message in a practical way. And maybe you want to respond later. That would be fine too. But let's meet a need today. Let's meet a few needs. I believe that we're going to have the capacity to meet a few needs as we respond to God. Let me pray. God, I come to you right now and I thank you so much for just saying to us that Lord, our faith could be dead. It could be like the demons who believe but don't have any actions or activities that surround. We even fear you, Lord, but we don't do anything. Help us, God, to be active in our faith. Help us to do things that will produce righteousness, that will produce joy, that will produce life. Help us, God, to be active Christians, an active church, Lord, in our faith, and not dead, nor demonic, but be active in everything we do and say. I pray, Father, for your truth to be made known to our hearts. And Lord, I know you're not, you're not afraid of offending us because you love us so much. You want us to, to be in the right mind and to the right lifestyle and to the right way. And I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit, God, would just do a work today. And we give you thanks and we give you praise. We pray for this, this gift, this offering that we're receiving, Lord. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will just guide us and direct us. And Lord, thank you for the opportunity to not just say, God bless you. We understand your need. We'll pray for you. No, Lord, we want to practically meet that need somehow, some way today. We give you thanks. And maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We'd be remiss not to offer you the opportunity to have a right relationship with God and to open your heart to him and just say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. And I commit to repent of my sin, to turn away from it and walk away from that sin. I, I, so I confess my sin, I repent of my sin, and Lord, I believe that you were raised from the dead, and because of that, my hope is an eternal. I have eternal life with you. And So all you need to do is say the simple prayer, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I confess that I'm a sinner, and I've made mistakes, but I ask that you forgive me, and I receive that forgiveness today, and I commit to repent of that sin to turn away from it and walk the other way towards you, Jesus. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And because of those two confessions today, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.